I'm Deanne Jules, Deputy Director of the International Ethics Standards Board for Accountants, and I'm here with Dr. Stavros Tamadaki, Chairman of the Board. We are joined by Task Force and Working Group Chairs and Board Members, Mr. Richard Fleck, Sayin McPhee, Ms. Lisbeth Hostmans, Ms. Patricia Mulvaney, and Mr. Brian Fidrick. We're here to convey some of the highlights from the Ethics Board three-day meeting, which was held in New York City this week, March 11th through 13th, 2019. Stavros, may I please invite you to share your reflections from the first meeting of 2019 with our listeners? Thank you, Diane, and uh, greetings to all those who are listening to us. I am pleased to say that uh, our first meeting of the current year was a very successful meeting. Uh, in this meeting, we talked about several projects. You will hear from my colleagues uh, about uh, those projects more specifically. But they are projects that are at different stages of preparation. There are some which are in early stages, others that are in later stages. So you'll be able to appreciate the variety that we've been dealing with uh, at this board meeting. We also talked about our working processes, which was a discussion that we had started uh, in our previous meeting. And it was a report back from earlier discussions and a discussion around the board about items that we could improve. Several good conclusions were reached. And I'm very happy to say that some of those were items that can be put into practice right away, starting from this meeting we just finished, where some of those uh, ideas were indeed practiced. I will just single out the fact that uh, the idea matured that in projects which are at early stages, the discussion should not necessarily go to the detail of standard setting, but rather to uh, direction of travel and the broad ideas that we should try to achieve through the project. And we had a very good, a very good beginning of those in several of the items that will be discussed by my colleagues. So on the whole, it was um, a very successful meeting. It uh, augurs well for the remainder, the remaining meetings for the remainder of the year. Uh, and I believe that we shall have a very productive year if this meeting uh, is the criterion of the energy and the enthusiasm of the board. Thank you very much, Tavers. Richard, I'd like to invite you to share some highlights of the role and mindset um, expected of professional accountants initiative, as well as the non-assurance services project. Thanks, Diane. I'll start with role and mindset, which uh, for those of you uh, who've been following this is the name that we now give to the project that was called Professional Skepticism earlier on, and which focuses on how accountants should look at their role, what their expect the expectations of them are in relation by the members of the public, and how they should approach the discharge of their responsibilities. So it's a high level analysis and discussion of what's expected of the professional accountant. It involves the consideration of a new introduction 
and some quite small but important alterations to sections 100, 110 and 120. 110 being the fundamental principles, 120 being the conceptual framework. Uh, we provided the board with a revised draft, revised from the December meeting and attempting to reflect the discussion at that December meeting. Uh, we had an excellent discussion uh, with a lot of very helpful proposals which were reviewed by the task force during the course of the meeting and which we were able to discuss again with the board today to ensure that we had correctly understood the messages and the points they wished us to take into account. There are remain a small number of issues which we will be considering between now and the meeting in June and I am hopeful that we will approve the uh, revisions to the code for exposure at that June meeting. So a lot of progress made and great to have the board supportive of the direction of travel and the way in which we're approaching this issue. Diane, the second project that you asked me to comment on is the proposed revisions to section 600, which is the section that addresses uh, the provision of non-assurance services to audit clients. We uh, had prepared uh, a detailed presentation, which in particular highlighted a number of key proposals as that we wish to get the board's support for so that we knew we were deploying our efforts constructively. Uh, the direction of travel that Stavros has just referred to. The key proposals were that we should retain the differential approach to non-assurance services provided to audit clients that are public interest entities and those that are not public interest entities. And indeed, the proposal from the task force is that the provisions relating to services provided to non-public interest entities should remain essentially unchanged. The second major uh, principle or proposal we put to the board was that where a non-assurance service is provided to an audit client that is a public interest entity and where that service might give rise to a self-review threat, the firms should be prohibited from providing it. Put another way around, firms would be prohibited from providing non-assurance services to public interest audit clients if they give rise to a self-review threat. And the third fundamental proposal was that uh, firms should obtain prior approval to the provision of a particular non-assurance service before they undertook that service. There was a very vibrant discussion about these three proposals, all of which were eventually supported by the board, with some clear identification of detailed points to be considered, uh, as one would expect from uh, propositions of this uh, generality but significance. And we will be considering in the task force how to address those issues. We expect to provide uh, a draft revision to sec section 600 to the board meeting taking place in June with a view to getting comments on that. And if all goes well, approval of an exposure draft in September. So a very productive meeting on both counts and vibrant discussion at, as one might expect given the subject matter in all, at all times. Thank you very much, Richard. Ian. 
Please share with us the highlights of the FEES discussion. Thanks, Deanne. The FEES project took a range of proposals to the board to strengthen the code in relation to fees quoted for audits and reviews. And uh, broadly, the enhancements relate to, firstly, the level of uh, fees quoted and, secondly, in relation to fee dependency. And just to illustrate some of the enhancements which are proposed, uh, certainly in terms of the level of fees where there has been some concern expressed potentially about low-balling, the proposal is that the firm needs to be satisfied that the level of fees quoted do not affect their ability to perform the engagement in accordance with professional standards. We also propose to draw on the good work of the IAASB in proposed ISA 220 in articulating the engagement partner's responsibilities to determine sufficient and appropriate resources to perform the engagement. That is, this board has been focused on audit quality and the potential the code has to be enhanced to ensure that. Further, we plan to uh, enhance transparency in relation to fees, uh, firstly in the areas of uh, communication with those charged with governance, and secondly, uh, with proposals to be considered for the public disclosure of fees. Clearly, in the latter area in particular, there's a range of legitimate views that need to be taken into account, but the board has agreed to continue to, to discuss and develop the proposals at this stage. We also looked at opportunities to enhance the current provisions in relation to fee dependency, predominantly in relation to the audits of uh, PIEs, public interest entities, but also with some proposals in relation to the audit of non-PIEs as well. So uh, we had a very good discussion. Um, it's, uh, the board has asked for us to bring the proposals with further refinements for the meeting in June, and the task force will certainly work on that between now and then. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ian. And now, if I could invite Lisbeth to tell us a little bit about the alignment of Part 4B, which is the International Independent Standards, to ISA 3000 revised. Thank you, Diane. So earlier today, the board approved unanimously the exposure draft of proposed revisions to part 4B of the code to reflect terms and concepts used in the International Standard on Assurance Engagements 3000 revised. And this ED is the result of the board's alignment project, which responds to the board's mandate to review part 4B of the code to make the provisions in that part consistent with the revised assurance terms and concepts in ISA 3000 revised. So on day one of this week's meeting, I presented to the board the responses from the task force to the comments that were raised at the December meeting when the first draft of the exposure draft was discussed. And the most important changes were the decision to add a couple of important new terms into the glossary, amongst others, the uh, definition of an attestation engagement and a direct engagement. And further, there was a clarification to the definition of assurance client. So the task force agreed with the board that the definition of an assurance client should not refer to an individual or an entity as initially proposed in the December draft, but should rather describe the assurance client as a party. 
And the task force concluded that that change was appropriate as the term party can refer either to an individual or an entity depending on the circumstances. The task force also updated the definition and the related application material in the ED to clarify from which party the so-called assurance client, the firm has to be independent when performing an assurance engagement. So the assurance client from which the firm needs to be independent includes not only the responsible party, being the party responsible for the underlying subject matter, but also in the case of an attestation engagement, the measure or the evaluator, if that party takes the responsibility for the measurement or the evaluation rather than the responsible party. So the board agreed with the changes as proposed by the task force and approved the exposure draft. The expected timeline is that the IESBA will publish the ED accompanied by the explanatory memorandum in early April 2019. The period for comments is set at 90 days after the publication of the ED with response letters expected back by early July 2019. Then the task force will meet again in July uh, to review the comments received. And then based on that review, the task force will then present the next draft for discussion during the September meeting. And it is the board's intention to approve the final text during the December meeting. The final pronouncement is planned to have an effective date of June 2021. And that is aligned with the board's decision uh, from December 2017 to have a period of two years after the effective date of the revised and restructured code of ethics when no standards will become effective. This period then will allow the national standard setters to adopt the new code first. Thank you very much, Lisbeth. Trish, please share with us highlights from the technology session. Gladly, Deanne, thank you. Um, the tech working group continues to enthusiastically pursue our remit to identify implications of technology developments on the robustness and relevance of the IASBA code, and then to develop proposed responses to these implications for consideration by the IASBA board. In furtherance of these objectives, we continue to gather information and gain insights from a review of published materials, from any one of a number of sources, including industry associations, and in particular, the technology industry, academic material, webinars, and other published works by the accounting firms and related professional organizations. We also have been very fortunate to uh, speak with several different groups in personal outreach meetings. Most recently, uh, we met with five different organizations uh, based in London, and we plan to have uh, similar outreach meetings in Europe and North America in the upcoming months. During our meeting this week, we were also very fortunate to receive a presentation from a subject matter expert, Dr. Anand Rao, um, who leads the global artificial intelligence practice at PricewaterhouseCoopers. His presentation was a wide-ranging review of opportunities and risks in artificial intelligence, and specifically culling out some of the ethical challenges for accounting professionals. His presentation covered uh, important background material on the maturity of data and artificial intelligence, from simple automation to deeper insights that 
artificial intelligence enables. We also were able to have a very robust discussion around bias that is included in artificial intelligence and has been identified as a key risk in his work as well as the work of the technology working group. This we will be considering specifically with respect to the impact on the IASBA code as one of several themes that seem to be emerging from our work. In addition to bias, we've also seen several other areas that we think are important for deeper reflection and consideration by the working group, and importantly, action in the months ahead. For example, we have learned and consistently heard that the mindset PAs need requires an openness to adapting and learning about new technologies. This has been referred to in some quarters as a growth mindset, in contrast to a fixed mindset that is often associated perhaps with compliance professionals. Professional judgment, a very important aspect of our code, has also been consistently noted as especially important in the midst of the dynamic changes that technology has introduced into the business world. And lastly, I've mentioned, we believe that the fundamental principles in the code have aligned quite nicely with the principles that are set out in various technology development frameworks, and in particular, frameworks that are being published and used in the artificial intelligence realm. The working group will continue with its work over the balance of the calendar year and will be reporting out to the full IASBA board in each of the upcoming quarterly meetings and have intend to have a final report for December of this year. In the meanwhile, the working group is actively considering how we might share what we are learning with our stakeholders, so please stay tuned. Thank you very much, Trish. Brian, please share with us highlights from the eCode session. Great, thanks, Deanne. Well, I'm very pleased to report that phase one of the eCode project is nearing completion. As you're likely aware, this initiative involves developing user-friendly electronic features to facilitate learning, compliance, and enforcement of the revised and restructured code. The features that we're developing are being designed to meet the needs of new and infrequent users, as well as more experienced users. So at this meeting, the board received an advanced demo of the e-code and discussed a number of the changes that have occurred since December, including links to foundational material and non-authoritative material to help users both better understand and apply the material in the code, enhanced navigational features, pop-ups for defined terms, search tools including the ability to perform either standard keyword or more specific Boolean searches, as well as assistance identifying alternate search terms and using filters. Considerations relative to providing a list of prohibitions, including highlighting the conceptual framework approach, and then finally tools such as bookmarking, sharing, and more easily copying and pasting paragraphs from the code. We're currently in the beta testing phase and the IESBA anticipates going live with the e-code in June 2019 paralleling when the revised and restructured code becomes effective. Thank you very much, Brian. I'm sure our listeners will be um, excited about trying out the eCode product when it becomes available. At this time, Stavros, I'd invite you to offer any closing thoughts. Thank you. As you have heard from my colleagues, we have made very sound progress on a number of projects we're working on 
and I'm quite excited personally that this year we'll see this progress continue and accumulate to very good results. I also want to congratulate the, work, the various working groups, especially though this ECODE project, which is probably the most exciting for our readers at this point, and which will be uh, a great means of facilitating the understanding and access to our new restructured code, which is becoming effective in June 2019. In connection with that, let me close with the announcement that we're going to organize two webinars that will go into explanations of the new restructured code, its features, its architecture, and its new provisions, uh, including items such as inducements, uh, long association, no CLAR, pressure, and so on. These two webinars will take place on March 28 at 7 a.m. Eastern Time and on April 17 at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. So I would like to urge our listeners to follow these webinars. Details can be found on ESPA's website. Thank you very much. Thank you, Stavros, and thank you, Brian, Trish, Lisbeth, Ian, and Richard. The next meeting of the Ethics Board will be held June 17 through 19, 2019, in Nashville, Tennessee, the U.S. The meeting of the Ethics Board, is, as always, is open to the public, and we encourage interested parties to observe in our meetings. Um, to register as an observer, please visit us at www.ethicsboard.org forward slash meetings. At the IESBA's website, you can also find useful information about the Ethics Board, the Ethics Code, and each of the projects discussed during this meeting. The Ethics Board records a podcast summary following each of our meetings. You can subscribe to our podcast channel in iTunes by searching IFAC, I-F-A-C, Accountancy Podcast, in the Apple's iTunes Store. You can also follow us on Twitter at ethics underscore board. Thank you very much for listening. Have a pleasant day.